this huh. is, this is going to be actually a 49-yard attempt because Kyle Ferry is going to attempt this with the hold from Bremens, and it's good. What a start for the true freshman from Searcy, Arkansas. A 47 and a 49-yard field goal in his first half of collegiate football. So the real question is, how did we get to that moment? Southeastern Louisiana, once again, like I said in my first episode, was a moment that I'll never forget. That first half of football was definitely a special, special moment. So once again, welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Kyle Ferry. I'm your host here, Kyle Ferry. And before I begin and go back to episode one, I want to start off by congratulating the basketball teams this week on very, very successful weeks. Uh, the girls went 2-0, and uh, knocking off Arkansas and Fayetteville, and then beating, uh, you know, the school we don't like, uh, about an hour and a half north. Uh, we knocked them off uh, at home yesterday. So, big, big win uh, for the girls on Sunday, especially when we beat Ole Miss. And for the guys knocking off number five Tennessee at home, uh, the first time in over two decades we beat a top five team. So hats off to those guys uh, for a successful week of uh, Bulldog hoops. So let's uh, backtrack a little bit from last week. So we left off uh, June of last year. Sorry for that knocking in the background. Nothing like trying to film a podcast in a, a dorm room. So anyway, so first episode we got to last June. So let's pick up there. So uh, last May, I went to Scotland to see my family, uh, got back and then had about a week left on uh, Searcy before I came here to Starkville and got moved in, met my roommate, Carson Allen, great, great guy, uh, ended up really becoming like best friends, uh, pretty fast, uh, because you know, the stuff you do in the summer as freshmen is you definitely lean on each other for sure. Uh, the, the summer was exciting. But at the same time, it sucked really, really bad. Um, I think anybody would say that, uh, that was there. Uh, you know, you get there at 5 a.m., five days a week, uh, and you're in June. You know, all your friends are off in the beach on a cruise, whatever, and you're in Starkville, Mississippi, dying every morning. And then when you don't think it could get any worse, you have class. And so, you know, you have workouts in the morning, and then, you know, you have an 8, I had an 8 a.m., five days a week as well on top of five days a week of workouts. So exhausted is an understatement. Uh, my my parents are divorced, so not seeing your parents for a lot of kids was like really, really weird. I think that, as weird it may sound, kind of prepared me uh, for moving in to college and whatnot because, you know, I've gone in the summer. It was week on, week off for a long time. So I've, I'm used to not seeing my parents for a little bit. So that really helped me. Uh, kind of just stay focused on the task at hand and not really miss home that much. Of course, I missed home seeing my friends and whatnot, but uh, that really that really helped me uh, throughout the process of the summer and moving in and transitioning into college football. So this summer, you know, you wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, or probably earlier. You're supposed to be at the facility at 5 o'clock in the morning. And you get there, and really their job, the strength staff job is really to get the weaklings out, you know, find the cancers and get them out of the, get them out of the program fast, uh, before they can really start spreading to other players and other teammates. So 
the amount of up downs we did this summer was unholy. Like anytime somebody screwed up, all right, 25 up downs, let's go. And you know, you do up down so much, your arms don't work. And then after you do the warm up, that took takes 25 minutes because we couldn't get it right for some reason. And you know, you're just you before you even get to the lift, you already feel like you've done a full body workout because you've done 800 up downs in the last 30 minutes. So then you get into the weight room and like you're already dead. Like you don't want to be there at that point. Really, do you really just don't want to be there at all? Let's be honest. And uh, you get to the lift and there's still people, you know, your guys next to you can't do it right. And then you do more up downs on top of the lift. So that hour and, you know, 15 minutes felt like eternity because you're di- you're dying for an hour. And like that, you know, you could sit on your phone for an hour and it feels like it was 10 minutes. But when you are just doing up down after up down after up down, you are just dead. And five days a week is exhausting. Um, so that kind of goes on for, you know, the first month of June. Nobody could really get it right. We were just dying every day. And, you know, it really makes you close. I will say that. Um, It made me close to some guys that I don't think I would have been close to if we didn't have that experience together. So I think it was a good good experience in the long run of things. So then uh, we get to go home for like four days and see our family for July 4th. And then we come back and we start weirdly getting the thing of the, the hang of things. And you know, we're starting to do less up downs. And you know, then I'm starting to think, wow, this is actually a solid work day. Like, I felt like I got better today. And so we would lift in the morning class, mid morning ish, what well, felt like mid morning, but it was 9am <laughs> uh, class mid morning, a class in the afternoon, and then we'd have OTAs sometimes. So like, OTAs is like you have football practice, but you just have shorts and a t shirt on. And you know, you're just out there with your coaches. Can't do that very much NCAA rules. Uh, then, you know, we started kicking in the afternoon as well when it was 112 degrees outside. And so that, that sucked, you know, work out in the morning class, then kick and then golf, you know, you got to get golf in, uh, me and me and Hayes Hammond. And, uh, sometimes Nick Barmer just kind of depended on the day if he would come, uh, we played golf all, all summer. And I think that really, really was a crucial experience and like a crucial thing that we did for me as like a a freshman coming in, you know, it's hard to find your spot in a sense. Uh, you're going into it with 110 new guys. This isn't high school where you know of people, like you know of people when you go to college. Like I knew of Will Rogers. I knew of Woody Marks. But in high school, you know these guys. Like you grew up with them, that kind of thing. So that's really interesting going into it with essentially 110 strangers. So being able to get plugged in like that and find a hobby that, you know, me and a few other guys are interested in really helped me get plugged in and really made me feel comfortable. Both those guys being in my room on special teams really helped me be plugged in this summer and start getting comfortable with the people I'm going to be around. And that was, that was really, really big for me. And, uh, they probably don't know that or even thought about it, but, uh, that was a big turning point for me this summer, just getting plugged in and making friends, uh, for sure. So, as July passed, you know, then it 
we started all realizing, okay, there is nobody in this entire room that has kicked or punted in a game for Mississippi State. So that's really interesting that you have 10 guys in the room, 10 guys in the special teams room, and nine of them have not played in Davis Wade Stadium. And I think that's really interesting when I kind of look back on it. It's like Hayes Hammond was the only guy who played each long snapper, and he's the only one in the entire room that's played. So, you know, the end of July comes around. We're about to start fall camp. And I'm sitting in my room. It's probably late July, and I was like, okay, could this be a better situation for me right now? Yes, there's guys on scholarship, and I'm not on scholarship. But they they haven't played or really kicked in front of the coaches just like you. So although I'm low on the depth chart, lower on the depth chart than they are, because just because I'm younger doesn't mean that my chance is gone because, you know, I'm low on the depth chart or whatever, because all of us are weirdly, even though, you know, Nick Barmere is 25 years old, 24 years old, six-year senior, we both have not kicked for Mississippi State. So although it seems like we're not in the same boat, we really are because all these guys haven't kicked yet. So I think that really gave me, I don't know, a sense, of, not even a sense of hope. I know, I mean, you're there for a reason, but, you know, it gave me a sense of confidence, like a, a reassurance surge of confidence that like, okay, you are here to win the job. Like, this is your job to go win. So day one of fall camp turns around and nervous is an understatement. Um, <laughs> I knew you know, going into this fall camp was like, you have two and a half weeks, like you have 17 practices to prove you're the guy. And that really starts getting you focused and locked in like, okay, you have 17 practices. So I mean, you probably have four kicks on average. So you have 50 kicks. That's it. You have 50 kicks to prove you are the field goal kicker. You are the kickoff guy. Like this is you have to prove in 50 kicks that you are the starter. So day one comes around, I'm super nervous, as you can imagine, you know, teenage kid fighting for a spot in the SEC, and day one comes around, do great, you know, didn't miss, that's exactly what we needed to see, you know, just don't miss, and you know, you move up pretty quickly. So I think day four comes around, and a little insight, um, Nick Barmira got mono about a week before fall camp, so he is kind of battling that during, unfortunately, during fall camp. And uh, we knew he was good. Uh, We knew that, you know, he was the guy on scholarship. We knew he was the leader of the group, in a sense, uh, being being one of the oldest guys. So that was really weird to have him there one day, and then the next day he was was too sick to go. But, you know, kudos to him for showing up when he could and kicking when he could, even though, you know, he... He probably didn't get the results that he liked. Uh, Just him being there, I think, proved a lot about him and his character. And so, you know, that was really a moment for me that I felt like I needed to step up. Uh, You know, the guy who we all thought he had the job, you know, it was just a matter of was he going to lose it or not. And, you know, to see him kind of be battling mono and not really be there uh, was kind of a weird moment. I don't know, like, kind of what was going on uh, in that moment, but I knew that, you know, no one can do anything about that, so someone's got to step up. And so I took it upon myself to step up my game, and 
you know, really, really focus in on what I was doing. And then, you know, it kind of got to day six and he still hadn't, he hadn't been there in a couple days. So, you know, it really turned into, okay, until Nick gets better, you know, there isn't going to be really, he's, you know, he's low key out of the picture at this point because he's sick and mono is no joke. I know one of my friends in high school had it and it is no joke. So, you know, it was, it was a weird thing because mindset of like, okay, nobody knows if he's showing up today, like, what do we do? But so that kind of took a little mental aspect of it. But by day seven, I was getting first team reps. And um, that was really weird that after one week, you know, I was in the position that I've wanted to be in, you know, for the last five years. And that was really a, a cool moment for me to kind of be like, wow, I'm, I'm in the moment that I've wanted to be in forever. Like, just don't screw it up. That was my, it wasn't like, let's keep going. It was literally do not screw it up at this point. So, um, kept fighting me and Ethan Chang. He's now back at William and Mary he came from William and Mary. He's back there now. Uh, we ended up coming pretty close, uh, throughout the season. You know, he's, he's an old guy too, grad transfer. Me and him had an absolute battle. I mean, I hope to bring him on a week, uh, for this podcast so that we can talk about it. Uh, Because we talk about it now about the absolute battle we had the final week of fall camp. Like it was a 50-50, like head-to-head, just like absolute war. And it it was absolutely epic. Like looking back on it, like that week was awesome. Like we're both high five and we're chest bumping when we make field goals. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, one of us is kicking field goals for Mississippi State and one of us won't. Yet... Throughout that whole week, I just found myself like, I don't know, rooting for him in a sense to make his stuff because, you know, no one wants to get screamed at. But at the same time, really hoping that, you know, I just don't miss. And when I talk about the battle we had, guys, like, it was insane. Like, we were within 2% of each other for, like, literally five days straight. And then a scrimmage came along and... I did really, really well in the scrimmage. And, you know, then we had one final scrimmage in the stadium. And essentially it was, if I go four for four, then it's my job. And I'm kicking on Saturday, the next Saturday in Davis Wade Stadium in front of a, not a packed crowd because it's southeastern Louisiana, but, you know, in, in the crowd that I've always wanted to kick with. So first kick comes. And, like, when I tell you, I had... Like, I had, uh, I don't know if this is TMI, but I'll just say I had to go to the bathroom really bad <laughs> before the the um, scrimmage, and it wasn't pleasant. Um, just because, like, I legit could barely walk into the stadium. I was so nervous. Uh, so, for the final scrimmage comes, and, you know, me and Chang are getting ready together, and it's kind of like, all right, one of us is about to win the job. Like, who's it going to be, basically? So first kick comes right down the middle. I was like, okay, this couldn't have been a more textbook start. This is ideal. Second kick right down the middle. I was like, okay, this is awesome. Third kick, left middle, not right down the middle, but it was in. So three for three, then the final kick comes. And I kind of looked at Osteen, my holder, and he was like, all right, here it is. You are one kick away from being the starting field goal kicker. And I almost wanted to cry 
just that it was here. Like this moment was here. And, you know, I go out there and I'm jogging. And, you know, we go to kick it and whistle blows. Arnett run, Coach Arnett runs out there and he's like, ice in the kicker. And I just kind of started laughing. I was like, what a moment. Like, I looked at Coach Mealy and he just is like, just do your thing. Like, just do your thing. This doesn't matter. Um, that, you know, we're icing the kicker. Like, just go do your things. So, kick comes around right down the middle into the hands of the Allstate net. And I just, the sense of relief, the weight off my shoulders was, like, incredible. That, like, okay, now really you have one week of practice, but you have, like, five field goals. Like, you can't really screw that up at this point. And I remember coming off and, Osteen just looked at me and he was like, you did it, son. Like, you did it. And I think that was really, really interesting and just a, a cool moment. That That's definitely an interaction that, like, I can replay in my head with, like, it's like a movie. And I could just replay it in my head of him saying, you did it, son. And it was really cool to have him by my side and Hayes as well. I mean, I put out a post a couple weeks ago with those two guys and, you know, the, the impact they had on me this year was insane. Uh, both of them are pretty old guys. And Hayes is very, I don't know, you can you can put Hayes' personality in a cardboard box. Not in a bad way. He is just, like, so mellow-headed. Like, nothing is a big deal to Hayes. <laughs> so... When he gets excited, you know you've done something good. So, like, after South Carolina, kick three. I mean, at the end of the half, kick one, excuse me. And he came up and, like, jumped on me. I was like, okay, that had to be a good a good kick because Hayes is excited. And so after it was over, Hayes just shook my hand and walked off. Like, that's it. And so, like, after that, I was like, okay, that has to be a positive thing, right? And it's just funny to see the two the two differences in those two guys and how much each of them played a role uh, in this year. So week one comes around, and I'm on top of the freaking world. Like, I can't believe what's going on. Like, how is this happening? So Wednesday, I know Coach Mealy's talked about this in a press conference before. And, you know, Wednesday comes around, and that's kicking the stadium day. Drive around in this around campus in a golf cart and go to the stadium and kick. And I walked in and I looked at him and I was like, I feel like a kid on Christmas that I'm about to kick in Davis Wade Stadium right now. And he was like, well, thank God I brought you here because we can't have this feeling on Saturday. It's business on Saturday. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But coach, I can't really help that even on Saturday, I'm going to be a kid at Christmas as well. And he kind of laughed and I was like, I am not joking. Like, I am not joking. I don't know if that's going to help me or hurt me. I hope help me. But, uh, Coach, I'm going to absolutely freak out. And so we kick on Wednesday. That was really fun. Then Friday comes along. We get to ride the bus to the hotel in Columbus. And, you know, we have a fun night. I was with Osteen. I ended up being with Hayes the rest of the season, but I was with Osteen that day. And uh, he was like, can you believe this is going to happen tomorrow? And I was like, no. Like, absolutely can't believe this is happening like, I don't even know what to do with myself. And uh, so Saturday morning comes around. When I tell you my appetite was so non-existent, it's not even funny. Like, when I saw food, I wanted to puke. I was so nervous. So I just didn't eat a thing. I was like, I can't eat, Miss Pam. That's our nutrition lady. 
And, you know, she was pissed at me, but, like, I was like, there's just no way. I'm just going to puke it up. Like, I'm just going to puke it up. But I think that honestly made me less nervous because then I knew, like, okay, there's nothing for you to puke up, so uh, you can't puke. So, you know, the day goes along. It's a, I, think, I don't even remember. I think it was a 3.30 kick. So we leave the hotel about noon. And when we took the, when we got on the bus, I just sat there and knew that I was 25 minutes away from the dog walk. And I don't know if you guys have all been to the dog walk before. If you haven't, you're going to have to get to there. Uh, two hours for the game. It is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome experience. I know as a player, it's awesome. And I know for a fan, it's got to be really cool. And so if you have kids, bring them to the dog walk. They'll really, really enjoy it. And so um, get into the stadium after the dog walk. And I was like, well, that was the coolest experience of my life that I've ever seen. And um, Osteen was like, just wait. Just wait till we get in the stadium and you kick. Like, the funny thing is, is that the night before in the hotel, Osteen asked me, and I'm definitely bringing Osteen on the podcast. Y'all are going to love Osteen. Uh, he's absolutely hilarious. I, I don't think Hayes is going to come on as much as I'd love to get Hayes to come on the podcast. Hayes will not come on the podcast. So that's there's that. So Osteen, we're talking in the the hotel, and he's like, you're definitely kicking a field goal tomorrow, or you're kicking the ball tomorrow. And I was like, well, no, Deb Sherlock, like, come on. And he's like, do you think you'd, it'd rather be a field goal or an extra point? And I was kind of like, you know, I don't know. I was like, really? And my first thing that came out of my mouth was like, I think I'd really like a long field goal. Like 45 plus. That way, when I jog out there, nobody, and I mean nobody, expects me to make that. Like, the pressure is off. An extra point, the pressure is on. A 32-yard field goal, the pressure is on. A 47-yard field goal? No pressure at all. So we get to the stadium, whatever. We're warming up. I have the best warm-up of my life. The adrenaline is pumping. I mean, I'm talking pumping. And uh, after warm-ups, I was like, this has got to be the coolest thing I've ever done. And not even to the game yet, guys. And I'm already, like, fangirling so hard. Uh, just watching warm-ups from the sideline and warming up and wearing the jersey. I was fangirling. And I don't even know how I was fangirling, but I was fangirling. And so we get to the locker room, whatever, and I'm, putting, I'm retying my shoes. And uh, Coach Polk, how about that, is in the locker room. And... If you haven't watched episode one, you need to because this makes it a real full, full circle moment with him. I see Coach Polk in the locker room, and I was like, no way. Of course he's in there. I mean, he's got the all-access pass. Coach Polk can do whatever he wants. And seeing Coach Polk in the locker room, I was like, I wonder if he'll, you know, he's got a great memory. He writes letters to everybody. I wonder if he'll remember that, you know, he went he went over to the football facility and said my name to the to the coaches. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm t- retying my shoes, and I get a tap on my shoulder, and I look up, and it's Coach Polk. And he goes, You're the kicker from Cersei. And I was like, Yes, sir. And he's like, Are you excited? I was like, Oh, you could say that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Well, good luck, kid. 
you'll be great. And stuck out his hand. I shook his hand and then he walked off. And I was like, what a cool moment uh, before the game. To, you know, the guy who had a, a, a weirdly big part in getting me to start was Coach Polk. And to see him in the locker room before the first game and him shake my hand and say, you'll be a great kid, was just so, so awesome. Uh, gave me confidence that it was like, okay, this guy remembers who I am. He just shook my hand, like, let's get to work. And so I think that's going to conclude episode two of the podcast. Sorry, I'm dropping it on Tuesday morning instead of Monday morning. Uh, moved back into the dorm on Sunday and just needed the day to spend with my new roommate, Luke, work and get him moved in, get him plugged into the university and whatnot. So sorry, this is a day late. It will be next Monday episode three and we're going to go through the season uh we we went episode one all the way to state episode two all the way to the first game so we're going to pick up in the first quarter of southeastern louisiana next week monday at 7 a.m you don't want to miss that and i'll see you guys next time thank you for tuning in and that will conclude episode two